Giddy up. All right. Welcome to episode two of the TLDR podcast. Um, thought we'd jump straight back in and uh, record our second one. This is Tom here for those that don't know and got Luke sitting to my left. Um, yeah, been pretty exciting to kind of get this, this journey underway and have the first one in the books and uh, really cool to get some feedback from friends and family and those that have been listening. So thanks for those to those that have been doing that f- for us uh, and sharing their experience and what, what they're getting out of this. I think some of the one of the main things to to get out of that is maybe that we should probably tell people a little bit about who we are um so kick off with a bit of that um my name's tom i worked in the fitness industry for coming up 12 years i think it is um based originally in perth or grown up in perth traveled a little bit played sport in europe briefly um came back from there and and really dug into my fitness career and uh since then i kind of gone on to working as a PT, working in gyms, managing gyms, etc. Uh, moved over to Adelaide at the start of this year. Been here for 12 months now, bumped into this bloke, formed a bit of a friendship uh, through fitness, through health, through um, wanting to gain more knowledge and just constantly wanting to grow, I think is probably the biggest thing that, that connects us. Um, and here we kind of are. And um, I guess this podcast is not just uh, related to fitness or health or anything like that, but kind of around the idea of you know what people our age go through on a daily basis uh, not just the good stuff um, and probably not always flashy they might not always be super exciting conversations that you guys can tune into but uh, could be anything from health wealth uh, relationships uh, not financial advice but financial advice <laughs> uh, kind of anything all the things that sport um, athletics growth personal development professional development all those sorts of fiction books i don't really know i'm just Love looking it. around my lounge room now and seeing things so, um <laughs> our favorite decor yeah our favorite decor uh those sorts of things so that's kind of the premise or, or a bit of you know just basically very conversational and um the kind of chats you'd have with close mates uh each day over a coffee over a beer over a wine whatever it is those sort of chats uh, where you kind of get a little bit deeper uh on certain topics so that's a bit of me, a bit of what, what we're about, uh, what we're trying to create here, I guess, at, uh, on the podcast. Uh, what about yourself, Luke? Maybe share with some of the, the listeners about a little bit of who you are. 27. I've been in the fitness industry for coming up on 10 years now. So basically, my entire adult life has been involved in the fitness space in some capacity. As you kind of summarize with your career so far, it's pretty progressive in that you and I are very similar in the sense that we are kind of chasing the next thing pretty consistently. 100%. Um, I'm not sure what your timeline is or um, how fast of a cycle that is for you, but I've found that it's somewhere between the 18 to 24 months and I'm looking for the next thing. Yeah. I'm yep. kind of uh, allergic to stagnation, I guess, in a way, where I'm constantly just like trying to extract as much as I can out of something and then moving on. So given that that's how I am in 10 years, I've obviously seen quite a bit of, um, or quite a few different areas of the fitness space from starting as a PT to getting involved in footy clubs Mm. to owning a gym now for the last nine or 10 months. Um, Obviously pretty vastly different uh, areas and and a lot of growth, especially in the last four or five years. Yeah, 100%. Um, As I mentioned in our last episode, my mindset of wasting the first four years of my career still still stands, but I, I think that it really gave me some foundational understanding of what it like what it is like to converse with people and build relationships and build rapport and 
and doing that from the age of 18 as a young dude it was mm. it was pretty challenging for the first four years or so but um that's what it's all about is just like throwing yourself in the deep end and, and trying to extract as much as you can out of each of the situations that you put yourself in so yeah very thankful for each of those opportunities as well so it's exciting and now starting this tldr podcast it's really exciting times yeah man i think touching on what you just said there about um conversations and getting yourself in uncom- uncomfortable situations as a young man um i think that's where a lot of people in the fitness industry either thrive or don't um it's being able to kind of approach a person um kind of cold approaching uh, uh, instead of cold calling and uh, just sit up and go hey like why are you here what are you, what are you chasing i can help you backing your skills and that sort of stuff and i think a lot of people uh in life not just in fitness maybe you just think it's going to be fed to them on a silver platter um, but being in a service service-based industry it's definitely yeah there's a bit of coaxing there's a bit of salesmanship about um helping people realize that uh life could be better and you could be the person to help them achieve that sure. uh, and i think that's like you say it took you about four years uh, i reckon it, i don't know how long it took me but i don't even know if i'm there yet but uh, there's there's that that unnerving um yeah wanting to approach someone or, or like you know how do you literally just walk up to someone uh build rapport out of you know thin air and that sort of stuff and that's why i think sales is well, sales is in every single business whether you're a, a not-for-profit whether you're a charity uh whether you're amazon sales is is in everything uh that's one of, one of the biggest skills that i think everyone should have is being able to kind of sell themselves um so it's pretty cool that yeah it took you four years but four years of a lifetime is a blip uh blip on a radar and um having passion and pride around a topic definitely helps oh yeah it makes it that much easier to sell whether it's you know as we mentioned in our last episode if you're passionate about something and it's what you live then it's easy to talk about and it's yeah. easy to sell and people can see that mm. people see that you're passionate about something and and you know if you're if you have integrity in that as well then it's you know pretty much smooth sailing i think like yeah. i've based my entire career around just being genuine and being honest around what i can help you with and what i can't help you with and yeah. and i'd be happy to you know say hey you're probably better suited to someone else mm. um in the pt space yeah um Whereas where I'm right now in the gym, I strongly believe that we're at the forefront of group fitness and what that should look like for mm. uh, for general populations. Um, I'm not sure what you think. We we do the same program, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Would no, you I agree? think it's very good, like especially for the demographic you're you're after. Um, but I think um, the the whole refer out, like your scope of practice or what you're what you're trained in, um, should be niched, and I think that's. I think there's a lot of people out there that are trying to make their cast their net as wide as possible and if that's your that's your your go then sure like you're gonna have to deal with a lot of shit like if you have the biggest net in the sea you're gonna catch a lot of shit you get quite a few fish but you're gonna catch a lot of shit as well Whereas if you're very specific with a spear gun you go cool i'm gonna catch the fish i want every single time mm. you're not gonna get as many but it's gonna be quality um and i think that's uh kind of evident across the plethora of gyms that there are and fitness brands that there are out there at the moment um you see a lot of shit but you know the ones that are really good because you know they rise to the top or they're, they're swimming against the tide or whatever it is for mm. sure yeah true 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 and i think the types of people that would gravitate towards us would be similar to us and that's mm. pretty commonplace i think among humans yeah you're uh you know people that are of similar i'm not sure like cut from the same cloth yeah then they're going to gravitate towards each other and i think that's important that you try and expand your horizons in the sense that kind of going against what you were saying in terms of a sales tactic but in terms of 
being able to grow and learn from many different types of people, I think mm. it's important that you try and not stay away from people that are similar to you because yeah. they're the most easy conversations that you'll have and, yeah. and there's less friction and, and this conversation is just like effortless. But conversing with someone of a different caliber, um, that's where the growth, growth will come from, I think. Yeah, I understand. Someone like discomfort. That has, hey? From discomfort, absolutely. Yeah, sure. like that's where you, you, know, you add the strings to your bow and it's the ability to be able to, I said this to quite a few people, um, that I work with or um, that have come, that I've trained, I guess. And it's like, you need to have the ability to build rapport with someone that is a 17 year old footy player and a 65 year old retiree. Um, you don't need that. They, you train them very differently. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily the training aspect, but if you can build rapport and be so personable and, and really be a people person, create conversation, um, provide engaging topics for them to want to be in your company uh, or want to learn from, then that's what provides a great platform for growth for not just yourself, but for them as well, because then they're not only picking your brain, but they're actually picking the brain of the person at the other end of the scale as well. Right, and I think that's where, sorry. No, you're good. I think that's where a lot of my growth came from, was from teaching the PT qualification, was having big groups of people of varying ages and demographics and background and, you know, I don't know, other stuff like socioeconomic status and, you know, what they've been through in life and and where they are now mentally and what they're doing this qualification for, whether it's to have a career change. I had people that were accountants for 35 years and they've just decided that they want to do a fitness course, which is great. And I've had 17, I had a 16 year old dude do the course while he was still doing year 12 or year 11 even, I think. He was like the youngest guy to go through it. So that's my biggest takeaway in terms of a communication aspect is learning how to communicate with those different types of people mm. and but doing it in a genuine way as well like i'm always pretty much going to come back to that is integrity integrity yeah that's that's massive for me and and honestly if you if you ask the right questions you can converse with everyone you know and if yeah. it's a like if it's a to and fro conversation and it flows and they actually want to have a conversation then mm. you can keep it going forever almost regardless who it is yeah that's massive and then from that comes trust and then from that comes if you're actually offering a service mm. you know potentially then buying yeah and that comes from that trust yeah. which comes from integrity and it's kind of this flow on effect but you can you can smell a salesman oh 100 and that's where i think like the the snaky salesman in the cheap suits kind of that image comes from uh, i was actually watching this random video i think it was on youtube by jordan belfort who is the wolf of wall street for those who don't know um it was actually him not leo uh and unfortunately the whole, you know how to huh? unfortunately unfortunately yeah uh, the whole sell me a pen it's like oh write, write me something down and um jordan kind of went into it. it's like well no like how long have you been thinking about trying to get a pen how long you thinking about pens like oh you know three months cool like what do you like in a pen like it's identifying in that person exactly what it is that you're trying to fulfill a need mm. um not just trying to snake a sale yeah true um, and so as soon as you can get the understanding about what that person did for that then that's that's what creates a good quality uh, relationships and sales sales the word just sounds so taboo like I just don't want to yeah <laughs> it true so like oh I don't want to say create a sale it's like well create a like build a relationship mm. build a whatever you want to put in place of sale um, you've got to do that that all comes from the same thing right that all comes from you know identifying what you can help someone with another person um, Patrick Bent Davis Patrick Bent David yeah value attainment um, he's the same thing it's like cool it's not about what they can do for you it's about what you can do for them mm. um 
and it's exactly that like for so many people it's like cool like, how can i help you and how can i help you and how can i help you and then it's like oh they've got this person that's always helping it's like what do they do oh maybe i should reach out to them for that um all about relationships so yeah i don't really know how to go into this tangent but <laughs> i don't know well, that's are. cool it's a uh, it's a candid conversation and and uh patrick about david is a cool dude very cool dude hey yeah very cool dude i think so- that was the um what, I think I sent it to you at the start of the year that YouTube video around um, identifying goals Andy Frisella? no 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 it was Patrick David and I just literally jumped on a plane uh, to head back to Perth and um, I'll try and I'm not going to say the cringe link it in the show notes but like I'll try and find the YouTube clip and um, see if I can post it somewhere but it has had so much value and I think it's about 56 minutes and it was speaking at a conference um, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to get into it. But it, it's so much. He he came from a very similar background to to us around. Um, I think he was a gym salesman um, at, a, at a like an LA Fitness or whatever they're called in in, in the states, and built an absolute multi-million, if not billion-dollar empire um, from being a gym salesman and using relationships um, as a or relationship building as his tact or as his um, method of gaining sales to grow and to grow and to grow so yeah a lot of value in that but yes i do remember the andy frisella momentum oh man that was a that was a momentum changer (laughs) not to uh like mind the pun and if you've seen it you'll understand what i'm saying but he uh talks about building momentum and when you don't have momentum it's really hard to gain momentum Mm. if you lose that and uh and for me that's everything that's like really closely tied with um you know how i feel mentally Yep. is how how much how many opportunities are coming to the surface for me is is really closely linked and uh and for me that's all about get, having momentum and maintaining that momentum mm. and hopefully speeding up over time and not just maintaining the same trajectory um hence the 18 month to 24 month kind of speed bump where i'm like all right what what have i got to do to keep achieve going. this next thing yeah, yeah keep it going keep the stone in motion um because when that stone stops that's like panic stations yeah yeah for those that, that haven't heard it it's it's kind of along the lines of i think um andy those that don't know him i think he actually created a supplement empire uh, and he now has like uh it's again in fitness obviously that's what we surround ourselves with um but this particular podcast he basically had been asked like what is one trait that you, you see all excellent uh athletes have and it was this case of like they have this momentum um, and there's, there's two things. It's like they will they know what breaks their momentum, and so they avoid that like the plague. Mm. And then as soon as they lose their momentum, they know how what it is they need to do to get it back. Um, and it's this almost this state of flow, like this state of like no, I'm head down and just absolutely gunning for what it is that they're trying to achieve, and they will not let anyone else get in their way. And it's like it's almost like that glint that you see in a in a bullseye when they're going for the matador or whatever it is it's just like yeah fuck like don't get in their way mm. um and they may get judged lose friends from it gain better relationships from it and that sort of stuff but it was this this keyword of momentum so yeah that's another one we'll link in description yeah it's a great video great video with so much value i think and and given that i had already been thinking about even just that specific word of momentum for so long and mm-hmm. based business around it and and then having that kind of confirm that that's what he recommends and that's what people do it was like okay i'm getting some confirmation on this thing now even though i knew it had worked already in the past it's like okay this is the real deal and i'm not just like superstitious yeah you know so that was yeah that was really big for me and and i try and maintain that momentum as much as i can and and you even just saying that before about how they know what gives them momentum and what takes it away from them 
I think I need to analyze some, some more about what that is for me. Yeah. Do you know what that is for you? Yes. Partying. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Like I would say like big nights out or um, a lack of understanding what I'm trying to achieve. So like aimlessly going forward. Sure. So not having purpose, I guess. Um, which again, for those that did tune in or do know me, it comes down to like that routine. Um, having like cool this is what I'm doing day in day out and not waning mm. um, but I like I was literally just going to just touch on that momentum or like the the ability to the the body has an, an amazing ability to operate suboptimally mm. I think we've discussed this previously and I heard this because um, someone I know uh, they're going through some health issues and um, the doctor, surgeon, whoever it was, the specialist had kind of said, cool, you're currently operating on, I think it was 20% of one kidney. Well, And so they can walk around and function on 20% of one kidney. So that is 10% kidney function. That's crazy. So if your body can, can operate, obviously it's not optimal and I understand that, but if, you're, if the body can operate, optimate, op, operate so suboptimally, what does optimal look like? Mm. Um, and I strived this year to kind of go, cool, no, like, I'm actually really keen to operate as optimally as possible. Um, you know, researching vitamins, researching um, different things to like, am I putting in my body the right things? Am I, you know, and, and, it, and it did get to a point of like, this is a little bit of no fun. Um, and so it is the balance, but it is a slippery slope going one way or the other. Mm. So it's very exciting to hear like, or to, to, to know which I do know kind of now how optimal I can get my body. And I reckon I've probably got a few levels above that in terms of internal physiological operation. Um, and I've operated very suboptimally in the past. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's just finding a balance there. Um, but, but when you do have something to go for, the momentum is, is, a, is a snowball effect. Simple things such as like the people you surround yourself with and balancing that with not just trying to bring your own average up, but balance it with your opposite sometimes in that I'm quite a uh, calculated, methodical, for want of a better couple of terms there, uh, sort of person and going, cool, I'm regimented and this is when I'll do this and this is when that all happens. And um, as Luke can attest to, he's quite impulsive. So he sees something. Quite the opposite quite the, you. <laughs> quite the opposite in that regards. And that's so empowering uh, just in such a way of like, cool, well, like, you know, let, let's do this thing and let's release it then. And looks like let's just release it now um and i was just like oh yeah there's no reason why we can't um and that's just brought so much joy and so much it's, it's been quite refreshing to do things on a different timeline than one i'm used to or one that i have control over i guess i guess i'm sure the psychologists out there would <laughs> would perceive and so sure. i think yeah what like what skews me off momentum um probably myself mm. uh to a point when it comes to oh things have to line up perfectly a little bit um, and sometimes you just need someone to just give you that little nudge off a cliff and you find out that it's actually a bungee jump. Um, it's not a free fall to your death. So, uh, yeah. What about, do, you, do you have any inclination about what you think? It is, a, it is a snowball. So if I have momentum, I can gain momentum. Yeah. I can't remember a time where I completely lost momentum just off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. um, I can definitely remember the feeling of like helplessness, hopelessness, you know, anxiety around 
not progressing or not being in the right space. But you don't know what the catalyst was. Can't remember exactly. And I'll need to reflect on that, I think, because that's massive. Yeah. And I think because of the last two years of having so much momentum and so much change in my career, it's, uh, you know, I can only really remember two years ago. <laughs> so Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think I uh, I, I'll reflect on that, I think. But at least for the last two years, I've had some serious momentum. And, uh, and that's, that's motivating because mm. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm creating this thing somehow and I just have to ride the wave. It's almost like a dopamine hit. Like you just don't oh, want to lose it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the catalyst was for me losing that, um, but at least I know now whatever I'm doing and maybe that's the people that I'm surrounding myself with and my mentality around wanting growth and um, you know, wanting to be and, and striving to be really genuine and having integrity and, and conversing with everyone. Mm. I think that's where a lot of my, my momentum came from was I have these opportunities because I've talked to a lot of different people, yeah. whether it's from my old job or whether it's from in the gym or um, literally on the street, like just meeting people. It's crazy, especially in Adelaide. It's like a million people here. It's, it's like a little country town compared to some of the other big yeah, cities. Definitely is. Everyone knows everyone. It's Getting like, out, yeah. it's not seven degrees of separation. It's like two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, you'll always find opportunity. I think you just have to put yourself out there. Not to be too cliche, but mm. honestly, that's what it is. For me, it was rolling the dice, mm. having a crack at something. And we talked in this, um, in our last one, but f- for me, being able to say yes to an opportunity. Yeah is really important. So I never want to be bogged down in anything that I do. I want to allow myself the opportunity and the freedom to be able to say yes to stuff and and take life by the horns and and you know, change not careers but change paths or change trajectories pretty drastically in order to extract some more goodness out of an area. Yeah. Whether that's from working in a big commercial gym with everything that's really regimented and structured to going and working at corporate fitness and not being managed whatsoever just no micromanagement mm-hmm. just all right here's the here's the hours like go nuts go go ahead it's all yeah. yours to buying into a gym where it's like okay now i have to take this more seriously because there's more than just me here mm. it's business partners and hundreds of members and people that you know see the space and and want to get involved and uh yeah it's been pretty pretty big change from me just focusing on myself to yeah. now okay i'm kind of in charge of about 200 people here yeah or at least the things that I say can impact 100% 200 people which is a, yeah. a pretty serious thing yeah 100% I think that's like bringing it all the way back it's like having uh, affording yourself the opportunity to have the uh, what is it what would you say the never wanting to be out never wanting to have to say no to an opportunity that presents itself and that's all built through relationships that comes back to those four years that you spend as a grind building your skill set of hey I need to like talk to people I need to talk to people I need to talk to people yeah um and that's probably why, you know, in Adelaide, you've got two degrees of separation because you've probably spoken to the other half of Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's probably 500,000 PTs here, so it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. It's well, pretty saturated. Also. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty saturated industry. But I think that's, I think that's actually a good thing is how many people go into the industry because it allows you to separate yourself from the pack. Mm. If you have this point of difference, regardless if there's 50 or 500,000 if you've got a point of difference, which could be something as simple as just how you communicate, yeah. you'll rise to the top. Yeah. Because I'm not sure what the statistic is, but I think it's like after two years of getting your PT qualification, 50% of people... Oh, no, sorry. After six months of getting your PT qualification, yeah. 50% of PTs aren't in the industry. Yeah. After a year, it's like 
over 75%. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's just me and one other out of my class. This is 10 years ago, yeah. so it's a bit different, but there's two of us out of 35 or something yeah, nuts. that have actually stuck with it. Um, yeah, there's some pretty crazy statistics around that stuff. But the difference between it's Haley and I, she's still in the industry crushing it. Um, we just kind of separate ourselves through being like communication beasts, I suppose, yeah. like really putting ourselves out there in the industry and talking to a bunch of people and and her and I were like really good mates throughout the course and it mm. just like kind of shows, you know, that that's who you surround yourself with. You're, you're brought up with each other. I'm sure I could have surrounded myself with some duds and become a dud myself and uh, quite easily. There's about 500,000 of those in Adelaide. No, no, no. <laughs> I think there's more than that. <laughs> there's more than that. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's a really good place to be here, actually. I have to vouch for it, actually. It's, um, you, you summarized it well when you said it's a, a really large country town. Um, yeah, I think I've turned the corner turned all corners here just up the road near where we're based and bumped into someone that I've already met or um, someone through someone and stuff like that or they, like you know someone I play hockey with or played hockey with works around the corner and all that sort of stuff oh I didn't know you were here um, mm. no nah, it is a very friendly place um, not to say Perth isn't home but um, Perth is a is a little bit of all of the capital cities I feel mm. just because it's so remote um, so they've taken little bits of Sydney Melbourne haven't really spent much time in Brisbane, but there's definitely a bit of Adelaide and that cultural side of it. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting back there, that's for sure. Yeah, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yes. I'll be back there when this is getting released. But um, yeah, tomorrow I get to jump into prison for 14 days, having been tested absolutely negative for the vid. But um, oh, good. happy, good to be back home. Love our house back there and see some family, see some friends, spend a bit of time uh, at work as opposed to at home which would be quite nice mm. interact with some of the some of the team and that sort of stuff over there um yeah and christmas and all the good stuff big big christmas fan over here yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, love it so no nah, it'd be really good to get back home so in terms of mo- in terms of momentum you're still going to be able to work the entire time through through these next two weeks of through iso yeah absolutely like nothing changes for me because essentially i'm here working from home Sure. Um, and essentially I'll be over there working from home for two weeks so it'd be a little bit annoying that um, obviously I can't go out and see the team and have some pretty big meetings just in terms of planning for 2022 for the clubs and the, the company face to face but uh, I think we've all learnt to jump online and do the Zoom thing um, but yeah nothing will really change in terms of um, what happens over there um, I'll probably just do a little bit more gardening yeah cool yeah what about training momentum yeah look that's something i am a bit concerned or wary of um i've spoken to one of the guys uh one of the head coaches at um aussie park over there ollie thank you bit of a shout out and uh (laughs) if you're tuning in uh and basically said hey mate if you can spare two sets of dumbbells over the next two weeks um i went ambitious and i went 12 and a halves purely for arms okay <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah i'll just do sets of ones or twos um do one rm curls as we were mentioning the other, <laughs> yeah. the other day you can uh, test it finally yeah exactly and then some uh some heavy ones just to get some stuff in through the legs um yeah don't really know i would have loved to have jumped uh grabbed a, a c2 bike for for two weeks but a little bit of a big expense to to grab for two weeks mm. um do you know of anyone that could maybe program for me? Hmm. I'm, I'm sure uh, I could come up with, you could come up with someone. Stuff. Yeah, look, I think training momentum is definitely something that um, 
skews me in terms of my day-to-day momentum um i was just actually speaking about this uh with my partner a couple of days ago it's like i am so much more in a groove when i get up and train whether yeah. it be the 9 30 whatever whatever session i get to irrespective i might even go for a run um but my day is just set up uh for wins early on uh, as opposed to my previous method of waking up coming downstairs jumping on the laptop and either doing a bit of work or watching some youtube or whatever it is but it could be educational it could be work it could be productive but i think movement is the best way to start your day um so that's something that i think we've both mentioned that we're going to be doing daily um i'm going to try and once again re-engage myself into the yoga scene i do enjoy yoga i used to do yoga every morning probably for about two to three months when we first moved here uh now I'm sure the yogis out there, because there probably is a hundred that listen to this. Um, yeah, At easily, least. easily, a few hundred probably. Uh, yeah, uh, wouldn't call what I do yoga, um, but hey, it's movement, <laughs> and I'm um, and I'm getting it. I'm getting my body a little bit more mobile, uh, which I definitely found benefit for at the start of the year in terms of how my body held up in those first few months. And then I decided that I could be a young athlete and try and play hockey again. And then it just absolutely got obliterated through the winter months. But um, yeah, I'm going to try and get up, do some form of mobility let's call it in the morning uh do a workout and then do a longer stretching session um yin for those that do do the yoga uh in the evenings i'm gonna try and do that every day for 14 days um and that'll just keep either keep the momentum that i've got to this point or or really kickstart into what is going to be 20 literally the day before 2022 when we get out um yeah i think i think it's massively important for myself to just frequency of training Uh, you know people say you know rest days are important and absolutely but if it's a a well-programmed uh or well periodized program uh you should be able to move every day in some capacity whether it be recovery runs low impact cardio work um doesn't have to be repeatedly beating up your body i think raising your heart rate every day is imperative to long-term health uh, but also to my own personal momentum yeah couldn't agree more what about yourself yeah, 100%. If I'm looking at the next two weeks, kind of to give the same timeline as you, I'm still going to be here. So lucky to have... The free world. The yeah. gym there, yeah, in the yeah, free world. The water. So I can, uh, I can maintain that. And we've got, we've got a couple of open gym weeks this week in that the programming isn't really specific to any block. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some variety of stimuli in the next couple of weeks, yeah. which for me is good. I feel like I give 100% into everything in my training and, and we've been through a bit of a strength block in the last little bit and I feel good but I'm getting pretty thrashed yeah. by this point with a heavy, heavy load. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to some high rep stuff. Hopefully yeah, like okay. sets of 12 bench press and lots of bicep curls and not many squats. <laughs> <laughs> that summer programming, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got to be relevant to where we're at in, uh, in the... Uh, in the seasonal cycle. Exactly. In the season, absolutely. Yeah, that's very important. I actually think there's something to that and um, I had this chat with uh, some of the guys back home recently around programming like especially when it's gen pop programming for gen pop around their natural cycles of the year um so yes you can train and educate um clients to um, understand how their body works internally externally how the seasons work not have to limit social engagements etc and not everyone is wanting you know pure health and fitness momentum not everyone is like you know what i really want to get my 200 200 kilo back squat 200 back squat 200 kilo back squat um no no they just want to move um so how do you how do you train for that or how do you program for that when they you know 
that you know the 18 to 27 year olds are going to be out friday saturday night every week and one of the things that we to be fair even the you know 40 to 60 year olds because the kids have left the house and you know they want to socialize with their mates or they got post-work drinks or whatever it is um one of the things that we kind of realized or identified it's like cool well what is calorie intake actually if we're getting deep on the, the the health and fitness and nutrition here but what does calorie intake look like across a year so in terms of if you were to break it up into your 13 weeks seasons through summer through autumn through winter and spring how do you like program accordingly and in terms of what's going to number one like the three things oh i'm going to be stumped here the three things that uh, we program for for is do no harm, enjoyment, and education. Um, and I think in that order. So do no harm first. So you don't want to hurt anyone. Enjoyment. Um, not that enjoyment should come before our results. Maybe that was results. Um, not that in results should come before enjoyment. And there will be some training sessions, as I'm sure you and me both know. I think you're about to go and train one that maybe we don't enjoy as much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think client buying comes under enjoyment. So yes results are going to get buy-in but if they're not enjoying the day in day out grind and seeing your face etc they're probably going to go somewhere else because they can find that enjoyment elsewhere so how do you you match those up across a year according to seasons and one of the things we found is obviously comfort food in certain months calorie intake goes up um, they're going to be more likely to wear less clothes in warmer months whether it be singlets crops whatever so how do you actually focus and give them a little bit of what they want also whilst giving them exactly what they need when it comes to you know what maybe you probably want to train maybe some more shoulders and arms mm. maybe also more back um you're going to be eating a little bit more calorie dense food through the winter months potentially maybe we try and train a little bit more hypertrophy let's get those reps up sure. not in a full 13 week block but i think having that realization i have no idea where i got it from and i'm not claiming it as an original thought but um I'd kind of switched something in my brain to go, oh, cool. We don't have to be so uniform across a year in terms of let's train power or let's train hypertrophy, then um, strength, then power or whatever cycle of work you want to work through as your uh, point of difference for your um, club or, or franchise. It's like, let's work with the path of least resistance and let's, let's yield from what our clients are actually going to be doing. And then that's going to get the results and then you can flip the education side in there. Mm. I don't know. That was just something that we realized. I think I think I realized a couple of months ago, but um, haven't had a full year of rollout, but I think it's, uh, it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, it does. And I, I was in the trap of doing it the other way around, I think, where it was all about being optimal and less mm. about enjoyment. <laughs> and uh, Works for some, for sure. It does. I loved it. Yeah. I was fit. I was strong. And yeah. I, yeah, I felt really good, but obviously... You, yeah, you're probably a bit different to me, but I would rather that than enjoy every single session. Yeah. I would rather know that that is the optimal way to becoming a good athlete, mm-hmm. whether that be through a fitness space or through a strength space or whatever. For me, that's where my, enjoyment come, my enjoyment came from, mm. was knowing, all right, this is the, like as the crow flies from point A to point B, yeah. and all that other bullshit that comes with it is just like For sure. a waste of time, but not everyone is like that. And again, being programming for a gym where not everyone is going to be like me mm. it was a good realization that i had through help of you yeah to maybe program with some looser reins and you know like loosen the screws a bit and allow people to have a bit more fun and and that probably yielded better results i would say yeah i think it's like it's it's 
Absolutely, you're going to find the people out there. Hey, path of least resistance. Like, get me, get me from here to there as quick as possible. And if that's your again, if we niche down as hard as we can, and that's exactly the clientele that you have handpicked, 100% go for it. You're going to have an amazing uh, result per client ratio, I guess, if you want to put it in um, metrics. Um, but I think f- for the for the pure fact that not every business is like that mm. in any in any realm. You've got to go, hey, let me, you know, almost like the um, the magician's trick of like, cool, whilst you're all looking over here, I'm actually just going to throw a little bit of this over here. Mm. And you're not even going to realize that, oh, shit, like, you know, I've now got 28-inch biceps. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, suddenly. Suddenly, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, you know, that, that uh, 20 kilos you lose in six weeks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you've got to get, uh, it's frustrating, but apparently you've got to get people to, to like you to it's annoying <laughs> annoying elon bring the robots <laughs> yeah yeah and i found that once i started doing that the mm. feedback not that i was getting negative feedback but i was getting more positive feedback yeah cool um which basically is the same thing yeah um yeah and that was that was important obviously for the health of the gym and you know the happiness of the clientele within the space um and now having not doing any of the programming within the gym mm. It's almost, I can remove myself from that of being this hyper analytical, like critical of any of the programming and just be there as an athlete yeah, and be there as a member and then give really objective feedback mm. based off of that. Like, hey, this is what I liked as an athlete and this is what I didn't like. Um, and it's all really, really good. Sick. Yeah. So I'm happy with where that is right now, which is yeah, a good place to be as someone that I probably can't not be hyper analytical i think having done it for so long yeah it's um in, and having lots and lots of clients online um not heaps and heaps but you know between you know 25 and 50 at any one time pretty much for the last six years at least yeah um until now where i've like really brought my books down i've done the reps but i never know whether that's actually the most accurate way of doing it because that's just what i've found to have worked yeah. there's probably better ways of doing it um very very likely of course there is um but at least i know that that works and that has gotten people results mm. and and uh yeah it's, that's a good that's a good realization to have i think 100 i think like the um the analogy of being able to train a 17 year old and a six year old it's the same as like uh being able to program in all the different ways like i was when i was programming which is a fair way fair while ago now purely it was a lot of strength based work a little bit a little bit of hypertrophy in there um, but very basic, not bodybuilding stuff at all. Um, knowing that that was out there, I just like fully believed in what I believed in and yielded amazing strength goals, uh, strength results for clients. Body composition, maybe less so mm. um, because they weren't training, like they weren't programmed for that. They were possibly eating for it, but weren't necessarily, um, the programming wasn't akin to their nutrition. Sure. So then learning about, even to something as simple as, you know, a bodybuilding style, which, you know, for most that get into PT in that when I did, that's probably was was the the focus for, for the majority uh, and what the education was back when I did my certs. Um, and then coming out the back end of that, it's like, well, there's even this whole CrossFit world in terms of conditioning style mm. um, or training for energy systems or uh, all this, you know, my- there's a myriad of ways of, of trying to program someone if you can learn them all mm. you can then either amalgamate them all and have a have a really ideal product or pick the right one for the right person as well 
it's got a call you're here right now cool i want to do this sure um we've even got people that completely niche down as coaches and go cool no my what i'm really good at is cardio mm. and i'll and i will and aerobic conditioning like i'll just go fully aerobic and i'm going to make that my thing and then you have people come to you go cool i want to work on this obviously they're going to be a little bit higher in the athletic department uh, far, far less gen pop are going to go hey i want to seek out the number one aerobic conditioning uh, coach out there but sure. um, there's enough content and enough value in those certain areas that you could yeah for sure um, yeah I love that I love the uh, the specialist yeah um, I wouldn't claim to be a specialist in anything really yeah maybe I should maybe, I don't know maybe I think I think you're I don't really know man like I, I think being a specialist this is this is the hard part I think for my growth when I was going through postgrad not postgrad um what's it called undergrad undergrad tertiary education um was like cool i want to specialize and then you go through that whole self-doubt thing of like fuck what does specializing look like i've got to read papers i've got to be the best i've got to be up to the forefront blah blah blah, blah. and i went really theoretical and forgot the practical mm. it's like you really just need to get out there and go cool this is what i do and this is what i'm good at oh yeah and make it a point of you've got to have a point of difference i think um and I think specializing is important, but how do you think you could specialize in what you currently do? Where would little, be your path that you'd follow kind of thing? It's probably a little different now. Having, I'm delivering a service that I don't necessarily create myself yeah. in a way. Yeah. So I guess I am the point of difference mm-hmm. in a way. How I deliver it is the point of difference mm. rather than the actual service itself, I guess. Mm. Um, so you're like specializing in your coaching style? I guess so. Yeah. What What springs to mind when that that word specialist comes up then? In the buy-in, I think okay. my buy-in into the client's yeah. results. Being in a testing week this week, it's big for me to make sure that they're enjoying their time, but also yeah. hitting big numbers and they're motivated to get in at five a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a big thing, and especially given given it's strength testing week, five a.m. Yeah. lifting heavy heavy weights is pretty tough. So. <laughs> You know, I think my my experience in that field of having them doing some neural priming stuff, yeah, like some tall box jumps and doing some you know different mobility work or um, you know different priming drills, uh, whatever that is. I think that's a big point of difference. Yeah, because you could give the same workout to ten different coaches to deliver, and they're going to deliver it very differently and potentially yield really different results. Mm. For sure. Do you? Oh, not necessarily document that, but like I think it'd be important, or I think it'd be a cool um, exercise, I guess, to put that down on paper. Like, cool, like my my best method, my, my methodology for priming for this movement, uh, where it comes to pack or where it comes to whatever it is, like mobility for this, because then you can actually deliver something rather than always being face value. True, um, and I think that's important because then you can educate and then you can deliver. Like, cool, this is the the Luke method. Mm. Um, Again, still not not so, not diminishing your point of difference, but um, increasing the scope at which you can actually deliver that point of difference. Yeah, true. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah, I think it's, I think I, I I would agree. Like everyone's every coach, every coach's way they coach is their point of difference. Right. But it's how special you make that, or how unique that product is. Mm. Um, but I would agree. Like I, you know, I've got previous coaches that are just like, yeah, I. I things stick in my brain like i mentioned to you the other day about squatting and that sort of stuff and like, yeah i oh, love that one preload the bar with you know a shit ton of weight unrack it feel the, the load re-rack take the weight off 
hit your PB. <laughs> yeah, simple uh, as that. Yes, <laughs> very straightforward. Don't even need to train. Uh, <laughs> but something like that's just like cool. That's I, that is I associate that um, methodology or that practice with that person. So it's identifying for you, identifying like cool. This is what I do. 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 True. Um, and like I said, drilling it in to your clients and that 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 level of care for them. Super powerful. Yeah, big. Yeah, it gets way more buy-in, which has been like my my word of the last nine months of buy-in, of yeah, getting bought in, getting people yeah. bought into what we want to do, and mm. and we're we're there now, and it, it's good. It's good when you have people that are bought into what you're delivering, what we're all delivering. And have you ever had it when someone's not bought in? Say, say again. Like, have you ever had like like you say we're all bought in? Mm. Like, what what do you do when someone isn't? What have you done when someone isn't? I think education is massive in that space. Yeah to understand the reason why we're doing certain things or how this is going to help them mm. achieve what they want to achieve because they probably don't care about Joe Smith and, and Jane I was going to say Jane Doyle <laughs> who's that that's a uh, news anchor or something I don't it? really know anyway they don't really care about the other people in the gym necessarily they really just want to work on themselves if they've got really set out goals right you're talking about client buy-in sorry yeah cool yeah yeah what did you mean sorry more staff sorry my staff brain straight to staff <laughs> yeah like you're saying you know we're all bought in um and you're bought in which makes it like you know you you as the you as the fearless leader um is super bought into this premise and this this idea of what you're delivering and that as you say that is shown that's seen people can see it cool if he believes in it, then of course what happens when that person doesn't though mm. as a, an employee yeah well, obviously, if it's as an owner, maybe don't own the company. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, as an employee versus a client, clients a little different. Yeah, but, but I think well, I guess maybe they're similar. I think the education is important. Mm. If they're not understanding the methodology behind the programming or the like, the periodization plan. Why does this go here? Like, why this desired outcome after this one, and why that mm. before that? Then, if they don't understand that, then it's hard to deliver it to its full capacity. I think one difference that you mentioned and I'll flag it is the first thing you mentioned with clients was to figure out what they want mm. um, and with staff I feel like it should be a, it should be the same or employees however you want to look at it um, absolutely education is, is important for both um, but if you figure out what the client wants as you said going all the way back to um, who you are as a coach and what you want is in, in your clients is people that are there for the same desired outcome or a similar desired outcome and if they're not they move them on right um so hey cool i'm not the best coach for everyone um and i've moved clients on to other pts that could benefit them more so for sure um it's a hard one but it's possibly the same with staff i don't know yeah yeah i would say so yeah yeah i guess you want to be the captain of the ship in a way everyone's got their role within that within that space and if they're on a different boat going in a different trajectory then yeah that's the same boat paddling the other way yeah absolutely. yeah, exactly. yeah you're gonna say goodbye at some point i suppose but yeah. yeah that's a really good question i guess i need to work on that no i'm not no, literally this is just something just flagged in my brain it's more more of a case of it always comes down to what does that person want to get we are selfish beings it's always looking after i first mm. it's very rarely people are selfless absolutely but they are self as um, Phoebe from Friends, there's no selfless deed. Or what I think she says in some, one of the episodes, forgive me. But all my Friends fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Confrontational opinion, but Friends sucks. 
Do you actually like Friends? This is the last episode we're doing. Uh, <laughs> are you kidding? Dude, I Friends don't know. Friends sucks. Yeah. That's, that's a big call. This is off topic, but I, th- I feel we need to dig here. <laughs> okay. What do you mean Friends sucks? I don't know, man. I just don't find it funny. I don't know that I don't know that I would associate funny with it. Like I'm not. Okay. I wouldn't say it's. A, I don't see it as comedy. I see oh, it it's definitely like, not comedy. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like that's not the, the genre I would associate. I don't really know what I'd put it with it. Mm. I don't know. I think it was just such a, a pivotal show in in some formative years for a lot of people. It definitely stuck around a long time. Yeah, yeah, it stuck around. Oh, clearly, ten seasons too long. <laughs> For yourself. How many seasons? Ten? It's ten. ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely ten. Shouldn't have made it. I don't know. I just can't even get into it. I feel like... What does it miss for you? It doesn't have enough something. Maybe it isn't funny enough. Are you a sitcom? What's your sitcom then? What's your go-to sitcom? We've gone way off track. Oh, shit. <laughs> Give me some examples. I don't know if I'm a sitcom guy. Seinfeld? No. We're going to lose people here. <laughs> You're four years older than me as well. Yeah, I'm not sure fair. if that makes a big difference. That's but fair. What is like? What what what's the? Not the family show that you watched growing up. I don't really know. I don't really know when I watched Friends. Probably to be honest. The Simpsons. I would say. Okay. Yeah. That's been around a long time. It's been around 33 seasons. But it's turning shit now. I don't know if you've now, noticed that. No, well, in the last like few years. Ago, yeah. At least. Yeah. Yes. When the, I don't know if they've got different writers or whatever, but re- you can tell the difference. It's really bad. Yeah, the jokes okay. are lame. When was the last time you watched Simpsons? I can honestly say it's probably been about eight years. Oh, dude. Oh, let, wait, this year for sure. But wow. I haven't sat down and purposely seeked it out. I don't know if that's true. I think you have. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I definitely haven't. It's only like, what's the time slot? Like 6 p.m. or something? No, I Or like I 7, mate, or one of those. This, this is actually, this is, um, shook me. The things you learn, eh? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big TV guy. Unless it's sport. Footy season for me is the best time of year don't don't try and jerk around the fact that you've you know you're dodging this friend's dilemma i just don't find it funny i was I talking to someone on friday and they agree with me sorry i was talking to someone on friday and they agree with he was wearing friend socks is like a like ironically or something like ironically he's like no i hate friends yeah literally yeah i don't know i don't know what it is maybe i should give it some time but no, that's okay like i think i think you've missed the boat like i don't think you're gonna go back and go oh hey look look at this well, I don't even know when it was released. Thirty-year-old show, and I love yeah, it now. True, but I'm shocked about Seinfeld as well. Mm, not funny. Yeah, look, I, I just I'm, don't like that kind of humor. I don't know what it, it's just too silly. I think funny, funny humor. <laughs> What's well, definitely not funny? What's your go-to comedy? Um, stand-up. Okay. Okay, so you don't really like fake shit. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, because all stand-up is real stuff that's happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least they make it. It's just so silly. I don't know. Like the setup of the jokes sometimes are really clever. not funny. Oh, oh wait, are you talking sitcoms or are you talking stand up? No, stand up is really good. Stand up's clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the 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 act long jokes. What about and like Brooklyn? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Never seen it. Throw a few at me. I'll tell you whether I like them or not. I can't remember too many more, if I'm honest. I have my. Have you seen Archer comedy? Uh, like oh, maybe comedy? watched two episodes. Couldn't get into it. I like movies. Yeah, go on. Go to go to comedy movie. Comedy movie. Step Brothers. See, that is like slapstick, basic bitch humor. It's very funny though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just like really obvious humor. Uh, in some ways. Yeah. In some ways, big, uh, big sci-fi. Not sci-fi. Like fantasy, futuristic, dystopian. Kind of interstellar, top movie yeah, for me. Great like movie. Can, can number watch. one. Hundred percent. Number one. 
Oh yeah. Yep. Of all time. Interstellar. For me, yeah. Wow. Yeah, big fan. Matthew McConaughey's great. I love the setup of it. Um great storyline. It is a really good storyline. Yeah, it's great really director. Good. And I yeah, the Tesseract. Yeah. That's really sick. Great movie. Um no spoilers though. It's only been out twelve years or something. <laughs> Are you like a superhero movie fan? No, nah, I haven't seen I need to like get back Marvels? into Marvel, I think, yeah, and no. rewatch them all. Okay. Well, I, I haven't seen the last Oh, I don't know. They released about 15 a year. I probably haven't seen the last 30 movies. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, Spider-Man was always good. Batman. Big Batman fan, actually. Okay. Again, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Maybe that's the common thread. Yeah. Inception. Obviously, love Inception. Inception's great. Yeah. Anything Nolan. that Leo is in. Okay. Yeah. Big Leo fan. I was actually reading something the other day about Leo, um, about how he's such a big Enviro person. Yeah. Um, and apparently, he took his private jet to receive an environmentally conscious award. Love it. That's just like the biggest oxymoron. Like, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, what's he going to take a horse and cart? Like, I don't know. But, exactly. But there's nothing pleasing nothing, you. That's, <laughs> nothing there's nothing. I don't know. There's nothing. Um, he could have gone in between. He went to the op- he went to the opposite extreme. Yeah, I guess. What would have been worse than that? I don't know, rocket ship. I don't know, build, build his own plane. His own build rocket his ship. own plane. Like, rather than just, like, buy a higher... He's probably bought it. I don't know. Don't really know. I'm going to bring this all the way back to momentum and see how we quick so easily got off track. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely can. My, well, I did have a, a question that I either asked and don't feel... That, no, I don't actually think I asked. What is your... What is your you said with momentum with fitness and we're going down the two weeks the next two weeks you've got really good momentum leading into what's ha- what's coming up what happens for you when when what is your trigger that causes you to get off that momentum train when it comes to training do you know training yeah purely training well injury is an obvious one mm-hmm. of how, which i haven't had an injury there's a bit of wood there i'm going to touch wood of which i haven't had any injuries for a while right so you won't let little niggles get in your way Second, it won't. It's, it's got to be a, a substantial injury. You won't let again touch wood. Yeah, yeah, because there's always stuff you can do. Okay. Yeah, whether you break a leg or whatever, there's always some stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, that's motivating. In a yeah, weird okay. way, because it's like, all right, now I've got an actual task of rehabbing this thing. Yeah. And for me, growing up, it was hamstrings and shoulders galore. Yeah. Okay. Lots of torn hamstrings, dislocated my left shoulder a bunch of times. Footy. Footy. Yeah. And then from that, that became an issue in the gym of you know it's kind of a battle of stability yeah okay i guess in a way yeah hamstrings feel great um actually had footy training last night and i'm not playing i'm doing the strength and conditioning but kicked the footy around and did some running and i've pulled up real sore <laughs> i'm not sure if it was from the the one rep max deadlifts two hours prior or if it was footy training but um i don't think you lifted heavy enough for the uh deadlifts to 10 kilo pb say. for everyone that watched and listened yesterday was it 10 kilo pb did you not hit Nah. 190 your max ever. Yeah. Well, not a lifetime PR. Right. But in the in the recent history. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We we were talking in our last one about how I was a lot heavier and really strength True. focused. True. And uh and hit some big numbers then, but it's a it's a recent PR. Recent PR. Which yeah, I'm happy with. Yeah, absolutely. Um on the straight bar. What's your current body weight, do you know? 80 low 80s. 82? Okay. I believe. Take that. Um, which is yeah I'm pretty happy with it 82 I must be lighter than that then sure. yeah you're 72 I reckon 72 wow 
I don't know. Over here, strong breeze will throw me away. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, nah, you'd be you'd be mid mid I high seventies. Sick with three C's, surely. Oh yeah, you can give it up there. <laughs> I'm just gonna up those calories like we talked about. Yeah, that's fair. I did have the missus come home after the last uh, podcast and go, "Have you had your chicken and rice?" <laughs> she like opened the fridge, saw some raw chicken. Did you eat today? I heard you needed to eat today. <laughs> and I was just like, "No, that's for tomorrow." This is kind of the premise of what we're doing, though, is uh, holding each other and others oh, accountable. Absolutely. And we've talked about it now, so you've got to do it. I've got to eat the chicken every day. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually trying to do a little shopping list for uh, ISO, and I was like, "Yeah, cool. I need chicken. I need rice." <laughs> Dude, two staples. I think get some greens in there and get some different colors and. Man. Some red meat, some fish. Yeah. Yeah, coming back to your original question of, of momentum in my training, it's if I'm injured or sick, yeah. two pretty big ones. Um, otherwise, it's lacking goals, I think. And, yeah, okay. And knowing where we were headed with this strength block towards this week of testing, mm-hmm. that's where I've been pushing my emphasis. Um, and conditioning, testing as well this week. So I feel, I feel good. Um, I'm excited to have the next program released where I know exactly what we're working towards so I can mm. set new goals. extrapolate and create new goals. So do you know what you're working towards post this week at all? Before this or after this post, week? Like, like from next week? Like, um, I know you mentioned um, previously that you want a 20kg increase across the board. Yeah. So that's currently a 210 dead. Yep. It's end of year. End of next year, yep. Yes, <laughs> not in three weeks. Uh, <laughs> 210 dead yep you hit 75 strict press no 67 and a half which I was pretty disappointed with yeah right if I'm honest 67 and a half yeah I know bad shoulders I think my shoulder's about half size of yours I think I hit 65 yeah they work. I think we'll, we'll work on that you're calling me out yeah I'm calling you out that's fair enough you yeah I was me, you called me 72 kilos <laughs> <laughs> you said I was 72 kilos yeah I've earned that <laughs> I think uh, yeah what? I'm pretty disappointed with that so what do we think so is that is that it? It's like, do you have any other fitness goals for next year? Currently, no. For the okay. end of this year, though, it's maintaining consistency, which won't be a problem mm-hmm. because I mean, I'll train Christmas Christmas Day morning. I don't really, yeah. It doesn't. Or I'll go for a run. Um, that doesn't really bother me. So I'll stay consistent, which I I'm one hundred percent sure I'll do unless something yeah. happens. Um, and then into next year, I guess it's back on. Maybe some size gain, maybe some body recomposition stuff. Yeah, okay. Possibly, maybe Get go through like a like a mini body weight cut. Cut? Okay, you said gain, and then you said cut. What are we going? No, what cut. Are we Both. Get bigger, get leaner. Um, yeah, I think so, or at least maintain as much as I can. Yeah. Because there's some stuff that I could clean up for sure, like the extra calories, like we talked about mm. in the last one. Um, cleaning that stuff up. I'm very consistent with my training, so that's not an issue. Yeah. But it has been really low rep stuff. Yeah. And my yeah. body really responds to high rep stuff. In terms, responds in terms of what, Matt? What way? In terms of, I'll see a pretty big adaptation quickly. Yeah. With that kind of mid-range strength stuff, six to twelve reps. Yeah. Um. Sorry, adaptation in terms of growth of like physically. Yeah, physically. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, physical change. Yeah. Well. Will happen pretty quick. Um, I'm not sure whether that's just like muscle fiber type or body type or whether that's just like a perceived thing because I'm doing high reps and I'm kind of like more pumped swollen more swole yeah maybe that's it possibly um, but I feel like I get the biggest change in through that, that, that kind of rep range, range. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah 
so I'm looking forward to getting back into that kind of stuff mm. um, and maintaining some fitness and yeah body recomposition I think I would like to get sub 80 I think I operate really well at that weight yeah whether that's like high 70s 77, 78, 79 Jeez, that's lean dude yeah but yeah. I like that yeah okay I uh yeah not only do I I feel I operate better like we yeah. did a workout yesterday with a lot of box jumps it was the test and I felt heavy man I felt heavy and I beat Tom by three reps and I, I always train after Tom on purpose so, because yeah, I know then so I know exactly okay. what I've got and, I, and what I have to hit and uh, whatever dumbbells he uses I have to use and if it's like a rep thing then I'll make sure I beat I'm him by a handful I'm a, I'm a little bit pissed off about that <laughs> so annoying next time we'll tee it up where we train I reckon better. I could have got more reps as well that's the annoying thing because I, like if I needed something to go for and you had said I, I, I went and checked uh, and you said like 65 or 68 I think was the current highest box jumps mm. and I was like oh I got that and then it was like anything on top of that was a bonus yeah and I didn't twig that you were going to do it afterwards I didn't even think about it <laughs> until you go what dumbbells did you use <laughs> <laughs> well man I had to make sure I was going to grab the 15s or something were you nah I would have used 17 at least but 22s were heavy man that was uh, that was pretty tough yeah shout out Jake Hendry as well if you're listening it's it's been good this week man the programming's nice it's yeah. challenging it's different to what I would do which I think is important 100% um, otherwise, I would just be giving myself the same stuff. Jake programming, is he? Jake Hendry. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. In, uh, he's in Dubai actually right now, which is crazy, but doing all the programming um, for all of the gyms around the yeah, world, sick. which is pretty sick. Well, yes, you can you can shout him out. I'll give him a choice piece of feedback about some of those workouts, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll tee up for the next training block where we can train together. Yeah, 100%. It doesn't help that the person that trains you can't train with you. That yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I, I'm, I'm doing the coaching in the mornings, three mornings a week. That's when Tom trains. So we can never really tee it up where we're training together. Mm. Um, I mean, he could train before because there is a good 90 minute gap that he has prior. So he could actually train in that gap. Before 5 a.m.? No, no, or no. Between, no, between t- 7.40 and 9.30. Yeah. That's, sorry, that's an hour and 50 minutes. So you could have done it then. I need to eat, dude. I gotta feel this vessel. <laughs> I've heard about these. I heard about. I've heard about this thing. <laughs> that was a in that hour and forty or whatever. It was a walk to the cafe and a little little chocolate chicken up. thing. Yeah, and, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what that's what keeps me going. I think is having mm. those uh, goals set in place. Those little goals. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So maybe that's over the next two weeks of kind of free. Pro- well, after this week, those next two weeks is kind of some some free range in terms of what the workouts look like. Is I'll, uh, I'll dive into the first three to six months, maybe the first half of the year and what I want to achieve over the next six and a half months from now. Yeah, I think that'd be something I'd love to chat to you about in terms of like what it is you're looking to accomplish. Sort of not just, don't even have to have a finite timeline on it, but like what, what is the next thing to accomplish? What are you wanting to put your mind to? What is going to be that impulsive, you know, trigger that gets switched? Mm. Um, and again, you're an opportunity man. So when an opportunity presents itself, you want to be able to take take someone up on it. So whereas I'm very methodical so I've, you know like I say I've laid all out exactly what I'm looking at trying to set myself up to accomplish next year um, again for that accountability measure of like cool let's maybe just speak it into existence um, see where we're at come three months six months um, podcast episode number 260 whatever it is um, and at just, least you know, look back huh? at, at least, least in yeah, three yeah, months yeah. <laughs> we, we could get that done by Tuesday uh, right. look back and kind of see like cool how much of that did we follow or did we not or what what presented itself that maybe 
you know, it was a bit of a roadblock. Did we choose to go around it or through it, or did we choose to just turn around and go, cool, that's not for me, or whatever it is? Because I think that's um, not necessarily goals are um, humbling to acknowledge, but I think it's definitely an interesting concept for this time of year. Mm. The reflection, the putting out into the universe, the eye-rolling New Year, New Me bullshit that comes out. Um, why can't it just be New Year, same me, slightly different yeah. goals or slightly different outcome, um, yeah. slightly improved outcome because I really don't want a new me. I'm pretty happy with the one I got. So For sure. A lot of people aren't though. For sure. They should um, join a gym. I reckon they'd be slightly happier. Yeah, I think so. Getting around a community is big. I, uh, I trained by myself for the longest time. And yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I used to love it. But ever since getting involved in, in doing group stuff and I, I kind of had to as as the owner of the gym. Well, I didn't mm. have to, but I did mm. because I'm 100% into everything. I'm head first into whatever I do. And uh, and for me, that was getting involved in the workouts and it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And- uh, it's something about it, eh? Like it's, it's addictive. Yeah. It's definitely like, you feel like you've missed out if you haven't gone. Yeah, there's like some FOMO in there. Yeah. And also not playing footy now, it's important for me to scratch that competitive itch. Yeah. Even if it is like, hey man, how many reps did you get? I'll just make sure I get <laughs> three back. more. Um, yeah, that was important for me in yeah. the fitness space. And it's, yeah. it's a good test of, it's a good test of discipline and it allows you to keep each other accountable as well, just like football for me. Mm. Um, where Last Tuesday, I didn't rock up to the gym at 6.50 a.m. and Tom made sure he sent me a text like, hey man, sleep in today or... Mentioned it every day since, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has kept me consistent at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah, big fan of it now. Yeah, the only stuff that I'll do individually is just long distance running. Yeah, I couldn't do long distance running with people. Nah, I'm a talker and and I hate not, if you can believe that. Shock. And I hate not being able to, because when I'm training, I'm head down and yeah. I'm tunnel vision. Yeah. And... And I would do the same if we were running together and I feel bad because I'm not talking to you. Mm. Um, but don't you probably bad. don't want to talk anyway. Don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't care, but some people might. I'd actually be, um, now that you mentioned that, I'd actually be curious to run with someone and purely, for, like not for pacing, but just for that, like that keep going, that keep going, that keep going, that keep going. Cool, no, you said you were going to do 12 today. Don't stop at 10. Yeah. Um, or whatever that is. I've done some long runs by myself. I remember one, it was... It's 28 Ks and half an so hour in my airport died. From the hills to the coast or something? What's that? Was that from the hills to the coast? No, nah, it was a big loop actually from, that was a 21. Yeah. Okay. From my place to um, whatever beach it was, yeah. West Beach or something. It was pretty much bang on 21.1. And, uh, and that was good. That was my first long run of mm. getting a, like that half mara. And then I, ra- I ran some 28s and some 30s from then. And yeah, I remember this one 28. It was, I think I left home at like 9 p.m. or something. What? And I love running in the dark at night. Like, um, there's a there's a pretty big correlation between my mental health and how much I run. Yeah. So I was in a pretty bad place, and uh, and for me that like running was just the cure for that. Mm. And uh, I set out in this big twenty eight, and uh, I had my Camelback, and I had like some diluted Powerade stuff in there, and I had a couple of bananas and whatever in my AirPods, and and I started off and I was listening to some music, I think, like just some calm stuff. I'm not big on like really hype motivation stuff if I'm running. I want yeah. to stay parasympathetic. So I listen to like really chill, like lo-fi type stuff. Yeah, anyway, 30 minutes in, it's like, it's nighttime. It's 9.30 by this point and uh, AirPods die. And I'm like, well, I'm not turning around. Nightmare. So I, I'm, I'm running down like this, uh, this track that f- 
um, basically follows the river and I, and I run all the way down and then, you know, I'm like halfway by this point. I'm like, I don't know how long that would have been. An hour and maybe an hour and a bit, hour and yeah. 15 or hour and 20, something like that. And yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. like still just trudging away by this point. It's like after 10 o'clock <laughs> and I'm just like slogging away. But I, uh, you learn a lot about yourself when you have to just, yeah. like the only thing you've got really to listen to is the rhythm of your feet and your yeah. breathing. And it's kind of, you get into this like meditative state. Yeah, I was thinking you learn a lot about yourself. It's, I think that's important for people to not just mask the hard work by like thumping bangers in their ears yeah. in, uh, in terms of like, you know, heavy music or even just any music or a podcast or whatever. Like just sit in your skull for a couple of hours. It's pretty tough. It's daunting for a lot of people, I feel, and myself included, um, for, for that exact reason of just like, like silence, like what? Like I could be consuming right now right and i think that's what's been put out to society of just like consumption this need for consumption of be it knowledge be it sound be it visual um because i I, absolutely the same i think i can think of two distinct moments uh in my life where that has come to fruition both i like the the being alone with your thoughts almost Mm. um one of them was my first half and i hadn't really been training at all for two and a half so i thought fuck it why not i'll wake up one morning and go for a run um and it was an out and back so it was one of those like and to that point i'd only ever run 14 kilometers as a, as a max and that would have been a year, a year or two maybe even longer beforehand so like literally hadn't done any long distance running and was literally from our house for those that are listening in perth from leadable i went basically through king's park down by the riverside went up matilda bay around to the narrows and then back up king's park and and it's literally up king's park right um and i'd gone to myself like oh there's a sick rogan podcast i'm gonna listen to him interview tony hawk oh yeah sick um and that goes for i can't remember maybe an hour that's not it's not a long one it's like an hour and a bit uh, an hour and a, let's call it an hour and a half right and my half uh, it might have been two hours actually no i think it was like just over two hours um because i was like cool my half should take me about that time so you're saying half that's half a marathon. that's a half marathon 21.1 yeah. kilometers yeah sorry um and it's important that you include the point one. Oh, uh, yeah of course <laughs> oh, so you haven't completed oh, you haven't a half marathon oh. that uh just for one yeah, second yeah, yeah. that run from my place to the beach it was yeah. like it was it was 20.9 so yeah. i was just doing 50 meter like up and back <laughs> until i hit the 21.1 on my watch so i've done this like i mapped out this route that i was like yeah fuck it i'll go through here and, and i kind of got lost through king's park anyway that i play podcasts at like one and a half speed Oh, yeah. so i was done of course you do quick. that's yeah the ultimate con- consumer right here um i even watch netflix on planes at like one and a half 1.25 speed i don't know why i Dude, just do that's so, like a trait of a psychopath but <laughs> that black coffee uh yeah all the things that i've got you're an only, oh no you're not an only child that would be like the icing on the cake yeah well i think my sister is adopted so um <laughs> i don't know that's what the the what is it the the report said i don't know seriously no i'm just kidding that's funny uh probably shouldn't say that in public it's just an in joke uh <laughs> sorry, no one no one listens to this so it's exactly all this is pretty much just us talking anyway, so, yeah right i now. get literally like i think i'm on my way back from the narrows so i'm over halfway and it's like it's done and i start like oh cool i'll just put some music on i'm like hang on i just just listen to the pavement for a little bit like it, well, my airpods hadn't died mm. uh and i had this like Oh, I'm actually like enjoy this and I actually got like this is kind of a bit cringe but at the 14 kilometer mark I got a little bit emotional I was just like this is now the furthest I've ever run didn't stop running the whole way completed it didn't get the time I wanted I was like two minutes over two hours um, 
I was still stoked that I did it. No training, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was the first time just that. And I remember vividly, like, I was lost in Kings Park. I was like, cool. And I've had to, like, almost jog on the spot to pick which path I was going to go down. And yeah, I was like, right. I think it's this one. I didn't want to pull my phone out to figure out where I was. Um, and that was, like, you know, got back on onto the bridge near home and, um, and it's like, that was 21.1. I was like, oh, stop and right here. So just good. enjoyed the moment. Uh, and then the second one was actually going into a float tank. Have you ever done floats? I haven't. Dude. I would love to though. Can vouch for float tanks. Don't really know of any in Adelaide. Uh, there's heaps of shitloads in Perth. There's a few. Soul 365, I know. James oh, Newbury's yeah. gym in the city. That's a. That's right. He's got a little, um, like a coffin looking one, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been in there, but yeah, I know no, a lot seen... of people that use that. Yeah, okay. And the, these, the ones I've been in, like a big pods, like really wide. You, you can open your arms out, can't touch the sides. Um, really? That big? Huge. Yeah, yeah. Big really? rooms. Like, yeah, pretty cool. Okay. Anyway, so the first time I ever did one, I was like, cool. I'd been, <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious, been burnt by this bird um, over and over again, kind of longish relationship. Um, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going into this float tank. It's just me and my thoughts. There's nothing else. I'm going to just get through this in my head. I'm going to allow myself. I'd been not putting it off, but going, cool. I'm going to use that time to get through that. And when you're alone in a completely sensory deprived location, mm time you don't know what time is so i think i solved that in inverted commas because that's what we do as humans we solve that's what i do as tom solve problems um i reckon it would have been three minutes because (laughs) i literally had because i just had nothing else to think about i had allowed that time so then for the next 57 minutes in this pod i was just like fuck it's dark in here like and i you know there was a bit of the novelty of the first time and all that sort of stuff but just like the the going back to like performing optimally yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I saw the glint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, bam, like when you've got no distractions, oh my God, how much huge. better can you perform and how quickly can you get tasks done? Like the whole, that's why there's Pomodoro timers and like just attention to... That's why there's what? Pomodoro timers. What's that? Uh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like 20 minutes for a time. Like the science, science research came out of like when you, if you look at a, if you imagine a bowl, Mm. and put that in a graph in terms of time allocated to a task you're most productive at the start and at the end yeah so what is the optimal time for start and end to make sure you don't dip too much right it's like 20 25 minutes and it's, it was the pomodoro method i don't know why pomodoro means tomato in italian for those who don't know <laughs> um, okay. it's like 20 on five off or 25 on five off or something like that um so it was a, it's a studying method so that your attention is always high and you can continue to perform optimally in these in these um short sharp brackets of of time Mm. and we use it at work and people have used it for years i think but um yeah just that like no distraction i used to do it for uh for study i would study through a certain when i was going through um exercise science i'd study i can't remember it was a lecture or whatever the thing was and like cool if i finish this i get five it's like i literally i was like a dog i get to watch i think it was actually brooklyn 99 i guess watch five minutes of brooklyn 99 and then i do the next minutes and five minutes and so i would watch brooklyn episodes in four lots because they're 20 minute episodes so i was like cool i'd stop it at five minutes and that was like my reward like i'm literally just a dog treat i know um yeah it's quite it's but but going back to that it's like when you're clear of thoughts or clear of distraction how productive or how and i guess it doesn't it's not always about production um but how much you can achieve being inward i guess yeah 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 i totally agree yeah, that's big for me. And I think that's actually maybe where I lose a lot of my motivation is if yeah. I haven't brought my attention back to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, and often, hopefully, it's nothing sometimes mm. where I can just do nothing. 
and bring my attention back to like simple stuff like you know like just before i came here i took the dog out for 40 minutes yeah just to think about this and what we're going to talk about and get myself in the right frame of mind in order Mm. to converse in a deep way in a way that people want to actually listen to and not just be like bad company (laughs) the dribbling shit again yeah yeah again yeah still still yeah um and that's yeah that's important man and that's what i get out of running long distance yeah fair so do you now run distance with music i haven't ran for a while that's maybe one of my goals for my my consistency over the next little bit is running more yeah okay um what that looks like in terms of goal setting i don't know maybe building up to another half mara mm-hmm. um mara is marathon marathon half marathon 21.1 kilometers maybe that's it because yeah, I really enjoy it. Not mm. that I'm, I said before, my running distance and my mental health is directly correlated yeah. in how, in, in a negative sense, how I'm feeling about myself, I run more. And there's yeah. a direct correlation. You'll see just like a steady graph. Whereas mm. now I want to run more, but not for the sake of like curing my mental health yeah. issues, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm okay. using it more of like a, like a training tool yeah but when you said before about the emotional side of things when you're running that's man i've uh i've felt like the lows of lows and like the peaks yeah of uh of ecstasy during runs it's crazy i was listening to an ultra marathon runner i can't remember his name now but he he says that across a a 100 mile race which is 160 kilometers yeah which is insane he will feel an entire lifetime's worth of emotions in that period that's nuts crazy eh? And it makes sense. And I could kind of, I could abbreviate what he was talking about and, uh, and relate it back to my experience of just running like basically 30 kilometers, mm. which is like wiped me out for a month after. I can only imagine what it's like to run 160 of those four marathons back to back, basically without stopping. That's nuts, eh? Like sleeping hardly, you know, longer than however long, less than like an hour at a time or less than a couple of hours at a time and just doing it. Pretty crazy. I could, uh, I could relate that back to what I was experiencing across this like, two and a half hour effort or however long mm. it was that's not say like it's one of those things like I, like I, I hear that and i'm like i'll never do that there's no way i'm ever running 160 k's like it's just like why would you do that but i thought i would never run more than 10 k's because like why would i do that yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. not saying i will run a, you know an ultra but um you hear you hear these things and i, I suppose there's a little bit in probably both of us are just like Oh, that'd be a good challenge. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually like I've I've kind of planned my life in phases in a way. Like I want to do what I'm doing now, which is throwing weights around, doing Olympic lifting mm. and running and jumping and doing like dumbbell cycling and all that stuff up until a point. I'm not sure when that is. Yeah. Somewhere between probably like 40 and 60. Yeah. Like that's like a fairly big range obviously, <laughs> big range. but yeah. at some point I'll get over that and then I want to get into tries, triathlons. Yeah. And then I want to get into ultra ultra running. You do want to get into tries? Why, why does everyone want to get into tries at later, later in life? I don't know. And maybe speed up on the body, maybe? I mean, I was going to say it's low impact, but you're running a marathon if you're doing a full yeah. try. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There's like an appeal to... I got yeah, really into road bike, like road cycling for a little while. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and there's like an appeal to it. I don't know what it is. And I think it is just like being an individual. Like I'm not riding five abreast like they do here in the Adelaide mm. streets. I'm riding by myself like in the dark on the way to work or whatever and it's like I can uh, I can just be and there's nothing else you can really think about because you're you're moving way faster than when you're running mm. you can only think about all right I'm on these two tiny little tires and, uh, and you have to like contact. look for any cars and uh, you know it's way more intense I actually had a guy from the footy club just last week he uh, 
he T-boned a car because she didn't give way. That's right. And he went through photo, the back yeah. window and like sliced him up bad. It could have been way worse, but Gnarly. you have to be on. Yeah. And that's what I love. It's like kind of a different, a different kind of being present to running because yeah. running there's really low risk where you can just be. Yeah. Whereas in cycling, it's like you have to be present and oh, on. The idea of the speed that you could get, like that's that, that bit, you know, piques my interest. Yeah. Yeah. You can cover some serious distance. Yeah. I don't know what it is exactly, but I know that it's probably easier on my body than like one rep max deadlifting and back squatting and bench pressing and lots of volume mm. box jumps. And I wonder, and, and you, I think the uh, maybe the goal is that you can hit PRs, like your lifetime PR is probably in front of you. Right. If you train for it. But there'll be a point where it will no longer be in front of you. That's true. And yeah, that's then, a really good point. And then it's like, cool, what else can I lifetime PR in? And aerobic, yeah, like your aerobic capacity doesn't diminish as quickly as your strength. Your strength starts scary. Your strength, I think, actually diminishes or your bone density definitely does after 30. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, 1% every year in an untrained individual? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Touch wood, I think I'm trained. Um, I think you're good. But yeah, like, and then, but your aerobic continues to, it peaks later in life. So it's like, cool, like that, you know, innate drive to go, no, I still want to prove that I'm at the top or, or be my best. Yeah. I can't be my best in this realm anymore. So maybe let me focus her. I think you've nailed it. Interesting. Hmm. I think, uh, I think they keep pushing the, the peak of a male back further and further. I think for a long time they were like 25. Yeah, right. Now they're like, it's yeah. 47 or something. The peak in terms of athletic performance. In terms of like physical performance i suppose surely not yeah i can't remember exactly it'd be too late just to think about all the peak physical athletes out there i don't think the median age has moved out but i wouldn't say it's yeah i can't 40s. remember exactly but they're definitely <laughs> pushing it back maybe it's like late 30s maybe it's like 38 36 i'm not sure what they're basing if anyone off, thinks like, that they're at their peak right now so they mid to late 30s let us know yeah that'd be curious i'd, I'd be curious to hear that journey that's for sure yeah definitely yeah, definitely. And anyone that does anything that's, you know, that they perceive as a really hard challenge as well and their mindset around how they get through that adversity. Mm. That's interesting, whether it be like a triathlete or a long distance runner. OCRs or, even. Second. OCRs, obstacle course races. Oh yeah, like cool. That. I find that. Like go run 21Ks, but chuck some obstacles. Oh my away. God, that would be so hard. That'd be fun. It'd be f- uh, mentally fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't that's, know. That's, I don't know. Like, a disagreement I, just, there. I remember what my half marathon felt like, and by the end, I could like hardly pick my feet up. Yeah, I can only true, imagine what it would be like. Yeah. Nah, that's fair. I just see that maybe the, the ones, the five k ones, that they probably advertise with all the mates and just throwing themselves over these, you know, obstacles or uh, going under the the barbed wire net or whatever it is. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, shorter, not a full one like that. Give me, give me two hundred meters and give me ten obstacles. You <laughs> one every twenty meters, and I'm all yeah, exactly. Close. And like a and a and some kind of. Like you have to do X amount of laps or something. And there's going to be a pool at the end. Yeah. Is that a dip? Oh no, beach, not a pool, beach. And we'll meet at the bar. Did you see this? Uh, I saw this thing the other day. Oh, ages, I say the other day, it was literally a year ago, I think. <laughs> of uh, when we first got locked down with COVID, this guy ran a marathon in his backyard and it's probably like, I don't know. It wouldn't be 50 meters long. And he just Dude. did laps of this thing. Dude, my, that, my old man has literally not done a marathon, but he does not miss a park run. That's cool. And so he does, he's been doing, yeah, like, I'll try and find the, the laps of the house. And he's literally just got these circles. Around the house. Around our house. And our house is, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, maybe 70 meters around. 
and there's obstacles <laughs> everywhere. In five, is it five k's? Five k's. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I probably got that wrong. So it's definitely not seventy meters. One hundred and seventy meters. It could maybe. be. Seventy meters is tiny. One hundred and seventy meters. I think that was it. Sure. Anyway, and it's yeah, it's just literally like you see it on Strava, circles, just like nonstop. That's circles. funny. What is that? Five is one k. So we did. I know divided by. 220. 25 laps? Yeah, about that. Nah, it'd be further than that. I don't really know. I'm sure I'm sure he's got it up somewhere. I'm sure he can actually let me know when he listens. Yeah, um, that'd be good. Yeah, no, nah, but yeah, pretty nuts that people can, like, I'm not going to let anything stop me. I love it. Uh, Biggest yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, I think I've got that in me. I was only saying to someone yesterday, like, I used to be scared to think of challenges for myself because once I've thought of it, it's like, well, now you got to do it. Mm. Whereas now I've like kind of lost that ego side of things where I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> and I don't yeah, have to okay. necessarily do everything that I yeah. think of. Like I did, uh, I, did, uh, I did this one workout and I wasn't very fit at the time. This is just after that big strength block that I went through. So I was pretty heavy at the time and I was just, I was just started training in this new gym and uh, it was my first time on one of those curved manual treadmills. Yeah. And I ran, I think it was 20 Ks. Jeez. But every, however long, every three minutes or something, I would jump off and do 15 kettlebell swings. And it took me a just, long time. Just cause? And uh, yeah, I guess. It took me a long time and I was in this, and it was in like a shed and I was in the top floor. And I remember getting home and, uh, and I was absolutely shattered by that point. Yeah, no shit. Like f- done. I'd never really experienced anything like that no workout as long as that i can't remember exactly how long it was over two hours though yeah. or maybe just shy of two hours yeah and uh and that night i like woke up in the sweats and i googled it and it's like if you if you have ever experienced any kind of really really high intensity effort that is out of the normal your body will just like go into panic and try and like, like shock or something pull you down basically so yeah, i remember right. waking up in like a pool of sweat that night it was crazy and then i got so sick no yeah yeah yeah. if you can believe that i'm not surprised if you can believe that i was so i was so sick and that's like that's an example of me losing momentum i guess is that i push and push and push and push and push until a point and then i my body's just like nah man like take a seat for a bit yeah that's nuts man i don't i I don't yeah i don't know that i've ever i think i'm almost the opposite when it comes to opportunities and challenges in my formative years i would have i would avoid situations for fear of failure like i was a big mm. like i'm like oh i feel like i could but what if i couldn't right um and it's probably only in the past four years that well not even four years i don't reckon probably less that that's becoming less and less it's still in there a little bit but um yeah that's probably why I, we gravitate i gravitate uh is that like fuck it send it yeah have a dip yep see what happens and if you do who cares learn yep what is it we don't lose we win or we learn so yep um, who cares if you fail yeah man 100%. one of the, the one of the best videos this might be the last thing we talk about but one of the best videos that I've ever seen in terms of motivation mm. is Good by Jocko Willink you seen yeah, that okay. no. oh man it, it's not very long less than two minutes but it's epic dude epic we'll link that in the uh, in the description below as well so there's three really good videos from this one yeah and probably like an extra hour and a bit worth of content oh, at least or more yeah you're uh, one of them's about an hour long so yeah your patrick bet david one was like an yeah. hour or so so this patrick is like two Bert, minutes andy frizella and uh jocko willink three amazing individuals to uh research up for yourselves and sure get inspired anyway 
Cool, man. Thanks it's for the chat. It's been real. All good. I'll let you get to training. Done. See you guys.